Okay, you heard her. We are recording. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you on a unusual Tuesday, probably one of the most unusual Tuesdays I've ever had. Uh, off for a month, uh, long extended holiday because of COVID, and we last one day, and I'm back on the shelf uh, along with my friend here, Jason Cameron, who's joining us to break down the world of sports. But both of us went back to work yesterday. Uh, we were exposed to somebody that tested positive for COVID, and now we've been quarantined and told we cannot go to work. So uh, we're going to do a podcast and uh, we're going to have fun with it. Uh, yeah. This is crazy. Hey, uh, we lasted a day and that was it. Boom. Like literally our crew lasted a day and then you're, you're shut down. You're done. <laughs> like it's, I wasn't expecting the reach to get to even us, yeah. but it, it did. It did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. Uh, it's, it's, Definitely super contagious right now. It seems like I'm hearing about people getting it all over the place. Uh, so yeah, it's it's real. It's happening. Uh, wear your masks. Luckily, we we're wearing our masks, and we uh, you know we're vaccinated. We have all that going for us. Uh, that minimized the amount of time we got to spend uh, by ourselves, and yeah. and uh, so that's good. But um, yeah, we. You were quarantined before. I've been quarantined before, but we've never been quarantined at the same time. So maybe we could have a lot of fun with this. Uh, we could do podcasts to just start right now, and we could do it for five days. And um, maybe maybe we could set a record. Uh, I wonder what the longest podcast ever in history is. Oh man, I'm pretty sure it's it's longer than two days. So it's probably more like 48 hours. I don't even know if you'd be making any sense by that point in time, but yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. <laughs> uh, it would be hilarious to just, um, just turn it on and just start talking and talking and then, you know, hours, eight hours, 12 hours, just start actually watching it back after, you know, recording ourselves talking for 24 hours and how little sense we'd be making. We'd probably start crying and laughing at the same time. And it would be, just, it would be uh, some pretty wild recordings. Yeah, well, it, it would be literally be the public watching two men go insane. So, yeah, fun. That's a good time, right? <laughs> uh, okay, well, we got. I got some other ideas. Uh, maybe you oh, can bounce some ideas off me, but I thought that we could start drinking right now and uh, we could just, uh, you know, also see where that takes us. Uh, I, I, I would just love to watch it back after, you know, a good six, eight hours of drinking. You and I have had some great drinking uh, sessions uh, yeah. in our yeah. time. We've always had good times, so... I think yeah. that would be a good time. Oh, yeah. There'd be some. Oh, I don't remember that part. That one hour gone. Don't remember <laughs> that. But, but now I see why. It wasn't really making too much sense, anyways. <laughs> yeah. What about uh what if what about if we just had a like a massive, massive feast and we were just constantly eating food and telling people what it was like, how much <laughs> we were enjoying it, just Ah, just yeah, making some comments on what we what we got, where we got it from, how great it was. Uh, do you think that's uh, must watch TV? Well, 
yeah, if you get a chance to watch me eat, it is. <laughs> Much watch TV, for <laughs> sure. I love it. I love that idea. Just watch, <laughs> having people watch me eat food. It's, it's fantastic. I've, uh, I've had the pleasure of watching you eat lunch uh, on uh, many, many, many occasions. And uh, yeah, it brings a tear to my eye. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. It's, uh, you're easily amused, though. But at, at the same time, hey, I, I love it if people watch me eat food. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Be really good. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll get some sponsorship from skip the dishes and uh, all of these local restaurants. Why don't you, uh, after this quarantine's over, why don't you just go to all the restaurants in your little community that you like and just uh, tell them that, uh, you know, you want to do this thing and we'll promote their restaurant really heavily. We'll see how many restaurants can come on board and we'll just have a, a complete eat fest. Oh man, that would be awesome because then we just get to eat for free pretty much. Isn't that the dream? Yeah. That's the dream. That literally is the dream. That's the dream. Uh, after you know, I started thinking about this, um, we could do lots of podcasts on so many different genres of this network. Um, mm -hmm. Could we uh, Could we do a music podcast, you and I? We, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we, we could. Mm -hmm. As long as it's stuck to one particular genre, 90s rap, okay. we never move off that genre ever okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh yeah i guess that's uh yeah throw down we could do that i'm sure we could find a lot to talk about we'll throw some great tunes on and uh yeah that's your that's your baby right uh you you love that 90s rap yes i do i do i love it i love it so much i don't listen to anything else i don't know any other artists i don't know new artists just, I'm like that old man on the porch. Get off my lawn. No, I only listen to one. So, so yeah. I'm good. Well, I, well, I know we could do a, a comedy podcast. We've got to do that one day. We'll uh, come up with a ton of uh, great ideas. Um, I actually heard a pretty funny joke today. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's, you know, I think, it, I think it's clean enough to tell. Okay. So uh, um, why do indigenous people not like snow? Oh man, so it's bad. It's a bad one, huh? Okay, okay, yep. <laughs> because it's it's white and it just goes all over their land. Uh. <laughs> oh man, it's bad. 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 Okay, bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, where would that be uh, it was a, it was an indigenous guy that told me the joke today so you know <laughs> okay okay well, well, yeah i got his permission okay all right i'm glad you got somebody's permission somebody <laughs> said i gift you with this go ahead <laughs> uh okay we got entertainment podcasts we should be able to find some entertainment we could talk about movies we could talk about uh comic books we could talk about cartoons we could talk about lots of things uh can we do an entertainment podcast, you and I? Yeah, I, yes, yes. It, it, it is. All of these things are very much possible. <laughs> uh, okay, we also got food and beverage. We got that covered. We can do some drinking and eating and have a lot of fun. What about travel? Can we do a travel uh, podcast, you and I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do a travel. Okay. Sure. Photography. <laughs> okay, photography. 
I don't, I don't know much about photography. Okay. No, maybe that, that one's not. Maybe that one's not something we can do. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I've only got three genres left. We got family and friends. We all got those, so we should be able to figure that out. Uh, business. Oh, so much, so much business out there. Yes. Yes. You okay. talk about business, I guess. Yes. All right. And uh, finally, stocks. I know nothing about stocks. No, nothing about stocks. Okay, so. So maybe two genres we're uh, we're not able to do photography and stocks. And we can, okay. Do uh, you got any other ideas of genres that you would like to do a podcast for? Uh, yeah, comic books are cool. Comics okay. are good. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe like some fantasy novels. I yeah, those are those are two suggestions. Uh-huh. I, I'll throw those in there cool yeah i guess uh, you you were saying i heard you say that you read a lot of fantasy novels over the christmas uh, holiday break uh, mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah way, really good way to entertain yourself well yeah like sometimes um sometimes i just don't want to watch anything on tv sometimes i just don't want to have anything to do with the tv period like i just want to be kind of be in a quiet space nice mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So. Cool. Um, I, I was talking to Grayson, uh, our mutual friend, and uh, he told me about this Warhammer. I had never heard of it before. He said uh, it was something that he was really into. Uh, I, I guess that's something that you do as well. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it's like a tabletop playing game. It's uh, it's uh, kind of like a D&D adventure. You roll dice, you play, mm-hmm. go, you, he takes you through like a campaign or a quest. It, it's a lot of fun. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it gets you to use um, your creative mind, so nice. to speak. Okay. So you can construct that in your in your mind. Something that I don't think we do too often anymore. Yeah, in uh, society. And and were you saying that that fantasy book was also from Warhammer? Was that well? Uh... There's like there's there's two different genres. There's Warhammer, which is like like knights and castles in that time period, and there's Warhammer 40k, which is in the distant dystopian future mm. and it's uh yeah you got like high-tech stuff and it's uh but it's 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 not a, it's not a great place to live it's very yeah. grim and very dark it seems like um if we do any type of uh we see any future movies we read any future books we uh talk about the future at all it never seems to be like it's gonna be good because it's not. No. Right? Like, no, we're kind of going through it right now. Pandemic. Real yeah. cool. That's why we're at home. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, like, if you look back at the two years that we've had with the pandemic, with uh, these, 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 these movements that we've gone through, and then on top of that, with nature and the biblical storm and the flooding and everything else, it's, it's been quite the two years. Yeah. It's been, it's been quite the onslaught of stuff. No shit. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it seems like end of days, you know, I don't know how long more we got, but uh, yeah, I guess we can just keep plugging away at a podcast and trying to yep. go to work, uh, keep getting sent home and, you know, just having fun, I guess we'll have to yep. keep at it. But yeah, it does seem like end of days. That's a lot of people have been predicting this for decades, if not centuries. And uh, here we go. Uh, we're in it right in the middle of it. Yeah, 
The only thing that I'm waiting for is the plague of locusts. Once that happens, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> and out. Trying, yeah. to, trying to get on that shuttle to Mars or wherever exactly. you're up into space. I'm, I'm out. I'm, out. I'm off the planet. <laughs> um, we have some really exciting news. I don't know if everybody knows that our, um, we on our network, uh, we have a new podcast that's available. It's called the All Even Podcast, hosted by Barry Grant Jr. from New York City. Uh, he's been a guest on our podcast on a couple of occasions, and now uh, you can access his podcast directly through the Complete Media Network. We're really happy that he allowed us that access, and um, please uh, give it a listen, give it a watch. Uh, great guy, great takes, a lot of uh, amazing, funny stuff to um, entertain you while you uh, break down the, the world of sports. So, um, yeah, give it a listen, give it a watch. Uh, he's he's awesome, and we're super happy that he allowed us this access. Yeah, yeah, no, the guy's great. He has a fantastic podcast, and uh, we firmly support him. We back him as he backs us. Yeah. Okay, so lots to break down today. Uh, let's fly through it so uh, we can get out our quarantine and <laughs> enjoy ourselves at home alone. Uh, we've got the first UFC card of 2022 to talk about. Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, one month off, there was no cards. So I was missing it a ton over those holidays. Uh, we've got the divisional games in the uh, NFL. There was uh, six Six wild card games, uh, and now the divisional um, round is upon us uh, coming up this Saturday, uh, starting this Saturday. And then we've got some NBA to finish it off. So uh, let's get into the NFL to start with. Uh, some mostly blowouts, uh, two games that were close, the rest were blowouts. Uh, out of the six, four games were over real quick and, you know, very one sided for sure. Uh, last, why don't we discover last night's game? Um, I was able to, uh, watch it on fast forward. We got home so late that I uh, had to fast forward through it, but it wasn't much of a game. Uh, the Rams just put a massive beating on the cards, uh, beat them 34 to 11. And, uh, I was quite surprised. I thought this would be a really tight game. Those teams battled really hard against each other all season in the same division, but, um, no, it was a one-sided affair. It was a one-sided affair. It just seemed to me like the Cardinals could never literally get on track. Yeah. I think uh, the Rams' defense didn't allow that to happen. And on offense, utter domination. Yeah. It was utter domination. No turnovers by the Rams. They allowed one sack on Matthew Stafford and over 35 minutes of possession time in the wow. game. Wow. And that's, that's utter domination. Yeah. What really stood out to me was um, the Rams made some big acquisitions this year. Obviously, Matthew Stafford, the big trade at the beginning of the year, bringing him in. Uh, he played He played kind of a little iffy down the stretch, uh, was throwing way too many picks. But this game, he played solid, didn't make any mistakes, had a couple touchdowns, a couple hundred yards passing, uh, even uh, had a, a rushing touchdown, uh, just played really smart, didn't make any mistakes, and uh, was really key in the victory. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing that he needed to cut down upon with his turnovers and turning over the ball, and he did that. Yeah. And that's that's literally all he needed to do to cement this victory because yeah. uh, the defense took over, kept uh, 
kept uh, Kyler kept Murray, the, the Kyler, Kyler Murray, Murray uh, off balance the entire time. And yeah, yeah, they, they made it look easy. They made yeah. it look easy last night. Their running game was really good right to start with, uh, but uh, to, the the one guy that really stood out to me was Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, he was a midseason acquisition. Uh, in Cleveland, he was almost non-existent, never scored a touchdown. Here he's come. He's got a half a dozen touchdowns and is a big force. Uh, he had four catches for 54 yards and a TD, and he even threw a 40-yard pass, uh, so they were utilizing him in a few different ways. Uh, he was really key, and he has been key. Cooper Cup's uh, having an MVP-type season, but uh, having that second weapon has been really key for this team. Yeah, yeah, because so now it just makes it so much harder to load up on one guy because then you got another guy like Odell Beckham Jr. just hiding in the weeds, so to speak. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it just really exposes the defense and makes it tough on the defense because now they have to pick and choose their battles which is one of the reasons why the Rams even brought him in. So to make it harder on the defenses and it showed. Oh, uh, Antonio Brown should take an example. Uh, there's <laughs> a guy that, you know, a lot of people have been saying, I don't know about this guy. I don't know if he's a cancer to your team. Uh, you know, maybe not smart to bring him in. He's been doing great, keeping his mouth shut, just uh, playing the game and doing a great thing. And uh, I think Odell should take a page out of, uh, I mean, uh, Antonio should take a page out of Odell's book. Well, yeah, and also to Odell's now giving him a ch- giving himself a chance to I don't know win a Super Bowl, kind of the thing that y'all play for. That's why you keep playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other big acquisition that the Rams made in the middle of the season was getting Von Miller out of Denver, uh, former MVP of the Super Bowl, uh, a real key component for them. He led the team in tackles, had a big sack, seemed to put a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray, really shut down the uh, the cards early and and often. Um, he was a force, uh, really awesome to watch him all, all night last night. Yeah, yeah, he was a force, and he has been a force since coming over. And it, it just, just, just another thing to put on that vaunted defense, just another guy to worry about for if you're on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Miller came out, and he played very, very well for that defense. Yeah. What happened to the Cards? Uh, they started the season 7-0. and They were near the top of the league the entire year. Uh, Kyler went down, and they, they still played okay. Uh, but he's come back. Um, they've just completely blown the last half of the last part of the year. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, I was told by Barry Grant Jr. that he's a choke artist. Uh, I looked, I looked through his history and, you know, back in college days and into the pros, uh, he has had some teams that were really good early and then just imploded and blew up late. Uh, I don't know who we can blame it on. Uh, who do you think? I don't I don't know. I don't know. You can blame it on like maybe it's because of like once coaches saw what he was bringing to the table, they made their adjustments and then he didn't adjust to those adjustments. Maybe not nearly enough or the fact that Kyler, when he came back, was healthy enough to play, but wasn't healthy, you know, like, sure. which is what happened to him the previous season before. So, you know, like, it, it's it's a wear and tear league. It's like you you, you try to last to the end. Right. And I think with the cards and the and the, the bodies they were missing with, like, DeAndre Hopkins and su- such like that, they just didn't mm-hmm. have enough forces to bring 
uh, to the game. You know, like I just don't think they had the talent to run with the Rams anyways. Right. Like they needed Kyler Murray to be absolutely stellar in that game. And he wasn't. And then they got blown up. Yeah. Um, basically, Kyler Murray was such a highly touted prospect and picked uh, because he you know, won the Heisman. But uh, most times uh, before Russell Wilson came into the league, people would have just said, no, too small. Forget him. He, he can't play uh, an NFL quarterback. And uh, I heard you make a comment the other day uh, watching from a different perspective. If you're uh, standing in the pocket and you're trying to look for weapons and all of a sudden you've got all these 300 pounders, they're six foot six, six foot seven, six foot eight. They're just monsters and they're all trying to get in your way to see it. Maybe that young small quarterback can't make it anymore. Russell Wilson might've been an anomaly, might've just been able to get out and scramble and, and, you know, be that guy. But uh, maybe that's not a possibility anymore. Uh, maybe uh, we've seen these small quarterbacks. Uh, they've been able to figure out that you just got to jam that pocket tight and he's not going to be able to get his weapons and see them. Yeah, it, it, it could be. But like, like you said, Russell Wilson has shown a way for the smaller quarterback to succeed in the league. Now, I, I, I want to think that Kyler is smart enough and definitely physically talented enough yeah. to do what Wilson does, you know, like he's got a bunch of game tape to watch. So he has the uh, resources to figure it out if he yeah. wants to. He does. He right. really does. But it, like you said, like it, it's just those physical capabilities that you're born with. And it just makes it that much harder for him to see over those huge defensive linemen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it was tough. It's uh, yeah, uh, it was a, a strange year for them. They they had so much promise. I thought they you know came out of the gate a little bit uh, too fast. I didn't think that this was their year. I think I thought that they had to get a few more pieces in place to you know take a step or two. Maybe this was the first step they needed. Uh, we'll see what kind of changes they make personnel wise. But um, yeah, I mean DeAndre Hopkins, massive loss one of the best receivers in the entire league and you can't, you know, fault them uh, for not having him, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens with the cards going forward. But Rams are moving on. Rams are going to be facing the defending Super Bowl champion bucks. Uh, the bucks just absolutely destroyed the Eagles. It was 31, nothing. And then they kind of took the uh, foot off the gas and let the Eagles score a couple late TDs. But um, the bucks are still marching even though they have lost uh, quite a few of their weapons, uh, but Tom Brady defying odds as always, as we mentioned uh, probably a hundred times on this podcast. Uh, so uh, what do you think? Do you think the Rams have a good shot um, at knocking off the Bucs in this one? Or again, the Bucs just keep churning on to another Super Bowl uh, uh, appearance anyway? Well, uh, yeah, the Rams got a shot, you know, they, they got a shot just as long as that guy doesn't touch the ball and he has a chance to win with like seconds left on the clock. Cause then that's not a position you want to be in either. Yeah. So, you know, like it, it, they have a shot, but <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. You're going up against Brady. <laughs> and so, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's a terrifying proposition. It really is. Cause yeah. it's like, yes, he doesn't have all his weapons and yes, this and that, but it's Tom Brady. Right. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to have to bring your, 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 your lunch pail. Cause it's going to be a long day. 
<laughs> no. It's going to be a very long day. Yeah. Yeah. They just absolutely uh, destroyed the Eagles. It wasn't even close. Uh, Eagles just sort of limped in and uh, made it, you know, last day of the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, the Bucks really flexed their might and showed uh, Evans had a phenomenal game. Uh, he is definitely the go-to guy for Brady, uh, along with Gronk uh, being able to be that guy, still getting touchdowns, still setting records, him and Brady. Imagine that Gronk has had, I believe it's 107 touchdown catches in his career and 105 been thrown by Brady. Like, how great is that? Like, Brady has helped you, made your career, really, made you who you are. It's, a, it's an incredible accomplishment. Actually, let's take that a step further. Brady helped contribute to him being a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's what he is. He's a yeah. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's what Brady's done for a lot of guys. <laughs> true. There's a Very lot true. of guys yeah. associated yeah. with Brady's name, man. So, and hey, he's, he's proven it by coming to the box, immediately winning. I mean, like, you know, it's... I know Belichick was my coach, but you know, I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good player. Pretty good player. I was, then, yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, so no, he proved it with like, look, look at the stats 29 to 37, to, uh, like just a casual 271, two touchdowns, no picks. Amazing. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, yeah, he's just uh, shocking the world, just continues to keep going, keep going. And, uh, the other crazy thing about that game was uh, they were up 31 nothing, and uh, they were stalled on four drives, and it was because uh, the Eagles came and sacked Brady on a third down play on four of the drives that ended up stopping them and forcing a punt. But uh, it could have got a lot worse if they would have, uh, you know, been able to just convert a couple of more of those third down plays. Uh, it would have been, yeah, really, really rough. Uh, I saw that he has got his, um, I think it was, uh, yeah, he's got more playoff victories after the age of 37 than any other quarterback has had in their entire career before. So uh, that is a, you know, shocking stat after shocking stat. Almost every time I watch a, a Bucks game, I just see stats that just make me have to stop and pause and read it again and look at it again. I take a picture so I can blow it up and look at it. Like, really? That's whoa. Okay. Another stat like that. Oh man. He is, uh, he is just, yeah. I think, what did you say yesterday? He's God's second child or something like that. But not his adopted son. <laughs> He's got money on him all the time. Right? It's like, well, I got money on Tom and people like I'm out. Got money on Tom again. I'm out. Well, he's gonna win, by the way. He's not yeah. gonna lose. <laughs> Second coming of God. Uh, he has another kid out there. Yeah, it's uh, Tom yeah, Brady. it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I would never bet against Tom Brady and all the accomplishments and all what he can do. So uh, I'm feel sorry for the Rams uh, having to go up against him. And uh, yeah, it's probably gonna be inevitable. Uh, on the same NFC side, we've got the Packers who had the bye. Going in, we've got Aaron Rodgers uh, looking like he might get another MVP. Uh, he's had a topsy-turvy year, had a horrible first game, a lot of fighting, saying, I want out of here. Uh, had this COVID weird stuff happen, uh, but he had a phenomenal year. Uh, ended up getting the number one seed. 
And now they uh, face the 49ers. And I think this game is probably going to be just a running affair. Whoever can control the clock the longest, whoever has the best uh, running attack. We've got um, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the one side, and we've got uh, the rushing attack from the Niners, which is a three-prong attack. Uh, I think that's just going to be a running game. I don't think Rodgers is actually going to put up 300 yards and have to uh, win it by himself. I think um, I think that's what I'm going to what I what I'm expecting is a running affair. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to take a, a different uh, perspective. Okay. I'm going to say the, pre- the whatever team wins this game is going to be the team that it's going to it's going to come down to between Debo Samuel for the 49ers and Devontae Adams for the Packers. Okay. Whoever has better stats, I'm going to say it right now at the end of that game, that's the team that wins. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. the team that wins. Nice call. Debo has become just an absolute amazing weapon, and it's pretty wild. Uh, he's starting to uh, get records that uh, nobody's had before. Uh, most teams – you know, have their their receivers and they use them as receivers and they have their running backs and they use them as running backs. But uh, Shanahan has decided to use him in, in the backfield and uh, out in coverage like that. Um, you know, look at his stats week after week. He's getting 10, 15 carries on the ground. He's, uh, you know, catching four, five, six balls. And he's putting up hundreds of yards. Had another great game this past game. Had a touchdown. 10 carries, 72 yards. If you're Getting seven yards a carry, like, you know, how are you going to be stopped if you, you know, you got a, a wide out that's coming in and, and taking the ball? Seven yards a carry is phenomenal. Yeah, it is phenomenal. And, like, what 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 Shanahan has realized is, like, I just got to get this guy the ball in his hands. He's my best skilled offensive player. So it doesn't matter if he gets it in the backfield, if I pass it to him. I just got to get him the ball, yeah. and then he'll do the rest. And that's what Debo Samuel is for this team. He'll do the rest. Just got to get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, impressive. Uh, they ran the ball 38 times uh, on, on Saturday. And uh, Jimmy G only had to throw it yeah, 25 times. Uh, you know, they they don't have a ton of confidence in him. It seems like most people don't. But, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't make too many mistakes, he had one pick, but too, as long as he doesn't make too many stakes, I think uh, the Niners have a real shot at making a game out of this one. Yes, they do. They, they, they most certainly do. And, you know, like it, it was unfortunate with the one pick that uh, Jimmy G did have because it gave the Cowboys a chance to win the game. And then, yeah. well, yeah, they don't understand clock management stuff. So that's cool. But, uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, all he has to do is just manage the game. And then if he has a stellar game, well, then that that's going to really put the Packers on the eight ball because, like, if he plays really, really well without turning over the ball, oof, that's going to be a tough game for the Packers. Real yeah. tough. Yeah, real tough. Okay, speaking about the Cowboys, um, man, uh, it's been uh, 11 consecutive years that they've been in the playoffs and haven't advanced to the NFC Championship game, haven't won a Super Bowl since 96 fourth worst winning percentage in the playoffs uh, since 96. Uh, what does Uncle Jerry do now? He has all these weapons on offense, all these really amazing acquisitions on D. Uh, they had a phenomenal year, led the league in scoring. Uh, you know, I, I read out a stat where, you know, they had a 
thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver, 10 sacks, 10 picks, uh, you know, first team in history to do all this stuff. And boom, they lose out in the first game of the playoffs. Uh, this, this was almost given away by the Niners, but uh, you know, like you said, clock management, horrible, horrible mistake by Dak Prescott running the, uh, running through the middle on the last play of the game where they didn't get another chance. Uh, but Uncle Jerry must be really furious. And do you think some heads are going to roll? Do you think he's going to get rid of the coach, get rid of the quarterback? Do you think some of these guys are going to take the fall for uh, another really early exit in the playoffs? I think if anybody takes the fall, it might be the head coach, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Like there was a couple of things in that game where I'm like, just that's just undisciplined, like yeah. uh, penalties that they're taking. It, it, it just showed like an undisciplined 14 team. of them, 14 yeah. penalties. They, they led the league in penalties this year. And uh, yeah, very undisciplined. And that has to fall on the coach, really. Exactly. Like that, that actually has to fall squarely on this coach's shoulders. Yeah. Squarely. So you, I look at that. I look at the poor clock management with him even saying, well, with the quarter block draw and we have like 14 seconds. Really? You're going to run the ball. You're not going to try to pass it no. and then get it out of bounds. And it, no, no, you're going to run the ball. It doesn't even make any sense. It, no, it bizarre. It didn't. You didn't have it. You didn't have enough time. Yeah. 18, 20 seconds. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Pro- yeah. You could probably do it. But 14. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, that was nuts. That was super crazy. And they had been marching the ball on that drive. Uh, they were throwing 10, 15 yard, 20 yard outs. And they were, you know, great clock management. Some reason the Niners were just handle in the middle of the field, and then boom, 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 and then suddenly the Niners start going to the outside, and then they're like, "Okay, go through the middle. Uh, we dare you," <laughs> and they did. You know, they, they fell for the trap. They went through the middle, couldn't get another ball snapped, and uh, boom, out. Uh, uh, it broke a lot of hearts. It made a lot of people mad. Uh, I want to share one thing real quick. This is uh, Barry Grant Jr.'s reaction to the Cowboys uh, not not happening, not making it out. Okay. Ah, oh, I don't see it. No, it's supposed to be there, but I don't see it on my share oh, board. So no. uh, he just was like this. Why? <laughs> Why? No, no. Why? He just said that about six times. Uh, it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, he, he you know, I, I've I've really always disliked Dallas, though. Um, I really haven't been a fan. I don't like a lot of the things. Uh, I was always bothered when I was young that they called themselves America's team. And I'm like, why do you get to call yourselves that? Like, how is that a thing? I don't agree. And, <laughs> and, and, and when Jerry took over, um, you know, I just feel like it hasn't been run like a proper uh, NFL franchise should be run where you got, you know, a respect. You got a lot of, uh, you know, people are clamoring to be there because it's run so professionally. I just don't think he understands how to run a team well. And it's too bad because he's got the money, he makes a great facility. He does, a, you know, puts a lot on that brand, but um, they haven't been run very well for a very, very, very long time. It's flashy, though. It looks nice. It looks good. There's no substance to it. Yeah. It looks nice. 
and it makes me money. <laughs> like that's, no. that's, I'm sorry. Maybe that's the way the jurors look at it because Maybe. it's like, well, you know, we haven't since what, 96 or whatever. Yeah. But look at how much money this thing generates. And yeah. you can't deny that. They're a super popular team all across the U.S. And it, uh, it is a moneymaker. Yeah. But if yeah. he wants to actually win again, he's going to have to change something. Something's got to change on that, on that, on that squad, on that team. Yeah. And I think the easier route to take would be to change the head coach and see if that makes a, a, yeah. a bona fide difference. Because the players, I'm, I'm sorry, with all those stats you just said about all the players that are on that team, I don't know if the players are, are the problem. Yeah. Maybe it's the coach. Maybe, uh, but, uh, you know, I look at teams uh, like Pittsburgh Steelers and they've had three coaches in their entire history, uh, yeah. three coaches. You know, Tomlin has never had a losing season because he's consistent. The team knows what they yeah. expect. Ben Roethlisberger, great quarterback, Hall of Fame career, not the greatest quarterback of his era, even by far. There was a lot more better quarterbacks that, you know, really, uh, you know, had the skills maybe better. But consistency, year after year after year, you knew what you're going to have with the Steelers, and they made the playoffs every year. They can't, they, you know, came in on the skin of their teeth in this year, but they still made the playoffs with a winning record a game. Yeah, yeah, no, they they, they are consistent. The Steelers are are a model of consistency, whereas the the Cowboys are are not that. They are the opposite of that. No. <laughs> They are nothing but heartbreak for that that fan base, which deserves better. Yeah, they do. So, it was it, it, yeah, it was crazy uh, seeing so much footage be from the old days when in the nineties the Niners and the Cowboys were the two teams that were yes. the yes. you know the elite teams, and uh, they were having some incredible battles. So many Hall of Famers on both rosters. Uh, you know, it's amazing how the mighty can fall after you know. Being up there so high for so many years, both teams were really good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, uh, you know, tough times. Uh, the Niners, you know, obviously they made the Super Bowl a couple of seasons ago, but, um, you know, they're just not the mighty Niners like we remember. But uh, great to see a lot of that footage between those those teams, Cowboys and the Niners in the 90s. It was, uh, it was awesome to watch those games. No, no, those games were they were epic in scope and in battles and stuff. Like, so you you literally had the best of the best going against each other all the time. Like Jerry going against Dion, stuff like that. Like it was it was awesome, man. So good, yeah, so good. Uh, okay, I mentioned the Steelers. Uh, we'll turn to the AFC and talk about the Chiefs, uh, defending champions uh, of the AFC the last couple seasons. Uh, won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Came up against Tom Brady and the Bucks last year, and obviously were beat. Uh, but the Chiefs are firing on all cylinders, uh, looking phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes was uh, on fire again, uh, set another record with his, I think it's his fourth 400-yard, five-TD performance. And, um, yeah, they just steamrolled the Steelers, uh, even though, you know, the Steelers, uh, you know, made the playoffs. Uh, this was a, another one-sided affair. It was, it was, but it started off well for the Steelers first, right. you know, like that TJ Watt scoops up a fumble, takes it in for a six. And you're just like, Oh, wow. Steelers could make this interesting. Yeah. And then that's not what happened like at all. <laughs> the Chiefs no. scored 
then answered back by scoring five unanswered touchdowns. And then the game was over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just uh, absolutely stomped on him. I, I can't believe when, when the Chiefs are, are firing on Nelson, Sanders, uh, it's beauty to watch. Yeah, it's it's just an onslaught. It's an avalanche of just offense where you're like, okay, who just caught the ball this time? Jesus, it's like it's almost like there's there's more receivers than there should be out there. Yeah. It seems like where it's just like, how'd that guy get open? Where did he come from? What's going on? So yeah, it's just a it's just an offensive onslaught. That's what they do when yeah. they're really on, and that's what they did to the Steelers. It, it, what this game was not close. No, no, it was. Uh... It was a blowout. Uh, Mahomes, as I said, yeah, you know, so efficient, 30 for 39, 404 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, even uh, even had Kelsey throwing a touchdown pass. Uh, yeah. Pretty incredible. Uh, they, they found another weapon on, on, um, as a rusher on Jarek McKinnon. He was great. And then, uh, you know, everybody contributed. They've got uh, speed demons like uh, McCole Hardman, uh, Byron Pringle had a couple TD catches. Kelsey and Demarcus Robinson was good. Tyreek Hill had a even slow game compared to him, but he still got into the end zone. But man, uh, this this Chiefs team is uh, really has pulled it together. They had such a bad start, and they were so up and down early, but they've really come on now. And uh, this this game. Coming up is probably going to be the game of the year. It might be the game of the entire year, Super Bowl and everything included. Chiefs, Bills, both offensive juggernauts. Um, this one's going to be super exciting on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because they're both coming off of very dominant wins against their opponents, super dominant wins. They're looking like the teams that we always thought they were. Yeah, and now they get to play each other, so it, it's it's. I I think out of all the games, this is probably going to be the must-watch one. That's going to be the closest one. Yeah. I think. Uh, out of all the um, games this past weekend, uh, home teams dominated. We got uh, one upset uh, Bengals over the Raiders, but uh, after that, um, yeah, it's been uh, dominated by by tons of the most of the home teams. Um, this one is in Kansas City. Uh, I think that will uh, make it uh, Chiefs favored, but um, Bills, man, uh, yeah, I think uh, they could really give them a run for their money. I think this is going to be something like a 48-45 score. Last team has the ball, kicks a field goal, and wins the game. Might even be overtime. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. That It could definitely be that kind of game. Where it's just an old, just an old-fashioned shootout, and these guys are just going for it. Like I, 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 I believe you're right. I think it could be the last team that has the has the ball in their hands. Whatever team that is, is the team that wins. Wow. Uh, so I've got a stat here. I was talking about Mahomes getting 400 passing yards and five touchdowns, regular seasons and playoff combined. Um, Mahomes is the second player ever to do it in the playoffs. Ben Roethlisberger did it once, uh, but uh, this is his fourth time in doing it in his 72nd start. He passed uh, three guys that are tied with three performances, 400 passing yards and five TDs. Peyton Manning, 292 starts, 
Dan Marino, 258 starts, and Joe Montana, 187 starts. Patrick Mahomes passed them, has the record now, 72 starts, four performances, 400 yards, uh, and five TDs. Uh, yeah, another guy, you know, that's going to start breaking records and passing everybody except Brady, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be great because Mahomes going to be like, yeah, you know that quarterback says under Brady? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. That used to, I'm sorry. I couldn't play in the league for, I don't know, 24, 25 years. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he'll have to just decide, okay, well, uh, I'm second best. I'm second best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, I, and I, I got $500 million, so I'm, I'm yeah. fine with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with it because that other guy, nobody's beating that other guy. It's done. No. It's over. It's a wrap. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of 500 yards pass, I mean, speaking of five touchdowns, uh, that's what Josh Allen had. Uh, 300 yards passing, five TDs. Uh, the Bills absolutely stomped on the Patriots. Not even close in this game. Uh, the Bills have given the hoodie the worst beatings in his career, the three worst beatings, 31 and 30 twice, uh, uh, beat them by 30 points. Uh, yeah, this was, uh, I, I expected the hoodie to be able to come up with a game plan that would make this close, but no, he wasn't able to stop the onslaught. No, he wasn't because the Bills are just better than his team. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just a lot better than his team. Yeah. And they showed that, like, at the halftime, the score is 27 to 3. Oh, okay. Well, the game's over. <laughs> no, no. And pretty much was, man. And uh, uh, the Bills didn't turn over the ball, I don't think. Uh, Twenty. Allen was 21 of 25, 308 yards, five TDs. Singletary, yeah. AS, 16 attempts for 81 yards, two TDs. Knox, five receptions, 89 yards, two TDs. At six touchdowns. <laughs> it was an utter decimation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just... Yeah, yeah. So many of these games were over so quick. It was too bad. I watched them to the bitter end like I always do. But, you know, I'm sure uh, the viewership was going down pretty bad in lots of these games because it was complete blowout. Uh, the Bills are really, really, really a juggernaut right now. Their punter has only kicked a punt in one of the last four games. He's only been asked to come out and punt one time. In the last four games, this game, he was not asked to come out and punt. <laughs> they had seven straight, uh, seven straight drives where they scored a touchdown. They had, uh, and this is the first team ever that had zero field goals, zero punts, zero turnovers in a game <laughs> and scoring on their first seven drives. They kneeled down on their eighth drive. This is the only time they ever even got a fourth down. <laughs> so it was uh, incredible to watch. Just they, they got the ball. They were scoring a touchdown. There was no stopping them. Yeah, it was almost like grown men playing against children. Like it was, they just, they bullied them. They bullied yeah. them all over the field. And they, they, they were proud about it. It's like, right <laughs> Yeah, it was just an utter decimation. Yeah. Took them apart. I have learned for many years not to bet against Tom Brady, and I also learned not to get a bet against Bill Belichick, but I really wish I would have put my fortune 
on the bills on this one. Uh, you know, this was just a stomping uh, rookie quarterback. So, you know, you thought maybe the, the odds should have been, you know, maybe 14, 17 points uh, difference, yeah. but uh, th- th- these odds were really close. And a lot of people expected the Patriots to make it close, but Mac Jones played not bad, but a couple picks really hurt them. And uh, they just, yeah, they just couldn't stop them on defense, which was the biggest thing. Yeah, and they, they, they had no answers for them on that side of the ball. And the Bills just uh, <laughs> abused them wholeheartedly throughout yeah. the course of that game. And it was, yeah, they beat them up. They didn't give them a chance. And they li- didn't let them off the mat. And it was over pretty quick. It was over very quick. Um, incredible. Just, uh, yeah, just uh, mind-blowing. Uh, Kendrick Bourne had a great game, seven catches, 77 yards and a couple TDs, but he's the only guy that did anything really for them. And, um, yeah, they'll go back to the drawing board. I I don't think many people expected them to, uh, bounce back so well after the Cam Newton experience didn't really work. Uh, they were able to get Mac Jones in and I think, uh, they played above expectations all year, but, uh, they were, you know, definitely not the elite uh, team this year. Um, getting into the playoffs was Great, but uh, yeah, I think Belichick will go back to the drawing board, figure out what else he needs, make a lot of uh, moves in the offseason here, and um, I think we're going to see a force to be reckoned with next year from them. Yeah, and also, too, like uh, the rookie quarterback will have now a year under his belt with playoff experience as well, Yeah, and so that will serve him well in the next season coming forth. That's true, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, uh, let's look at the other um, AFC matchup, and uh, that's the Titans. Uh, They had the number one overall seed, had the bye going in this week, and uh, they get to uh, host the Bengals. Uh, Bengals were able to knock off the Raiders and um, move move on. Um, Man, the the Bengals' offense looks really good, too, Uh, but the Titans are obviously getting uh, Derrick Henry back from all accounts. And, uh, yes, will be healthy, uh, re- fully rested. Probably a lot of their injured guys will be uh, ready to go. Um, this should be a good game, but um, what do you think? Uh, what do you think we're going to see? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of worried for the Bengals because you have a healthy, healthy Derrick Henry that you have to deal with who hasn't been beat up over the course of a season. Yeah. He was already really hard to deal with before all of that. And now he's super fresh yeah. and hungry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, oh, and so first yeah. and foremost for the Bengals is stopping that man. Right. And then they'll have to deal with everybody else after that. And if they can't stop Derrick Henry, it's going to be a massacre. Yeah. <laughs> Saying yeah. it right now. Yeah. No kidding. Uh the uh, that Raiders um, Bengals game was close. Uh, Raiders Raiders were marching down to try to get a, a touchdown late to tie it, uh, and then Jermaine Pratt ended up uh, grabbing the ball right at the goal line, uh, pulling off a pick off Derek Carr and, and getting the victory. Uh, but it was a fun game to watch. Uh, very very tight and close throughout. Uh, I thought the Raiders, um, yeah, could have definitely tied it very easily there and send it into overtime. Uh, the Raiders uh, blew everybody away this year. Uh, only team to make the playoffs after making a midseason coaching change like they did. They've had some players uh, get arrested. Uh, they've had some really big tough setbacks, but 
uh, I think it was a big accomplishment for them just making the playoffs uh, and they could have easily uh, been in the second round, but um, I think um, they should uh, re up the coach, uh, take the interim tag off of him. I think he did a great job uh, pulling this team together. Oh yeah. Well, considering all the stuff that you just mentioned that they went through, it was a, it was a hectic season for the Raiders yeah. big time. And they almost won this game. And you could say that one of the touchdowns that the Bengals scored under extreme controversy, right? Possibly right. shouldn't have even been a touchdown. Whistle, yeah, whistle was blown for sure. Yeah, and the, the one defender looked like he gave up. He stopped playing uh, as he was coming across to try to defend that. So yeah, I I agree that was uh, that was crazy because the whistle was definitely blown before the ball was caught. Yes, and so and for and how that ended up being after because the the ref said no we wrestled it after he caught the caught the football which was clearly not the case yeah so that refereeing crew is no longer doing any more playoff games wow, wow. and so that tells you all you need to know if they made a mistake or not because yeah. they sure did yeah they sure did yeah that was uh that was pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, I was I was shocked that they uh, were yeah they didn't uh, yeah, review it and and make a change on that. Uh, you know, Bengals still could have scored a touchdown, but uh, definitely it was a very 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 controversial move. And um, yeah, I, this game was a lot closer than I expected. Jamar Chase has had an absolutely amazing year as a rookie coming in. Joe Burrow's looked great. Uh, this team is actually really good offensively and they had a good game defensively um yeah i hope uh, they make a game out of it with the titans uh, titans have proved to be a great team this year and losing derrick henry one of the mvps when he went down uh yeah this is uh this will be tough uh tough sledding for the Bengals to try to stop this this team yeah it, it will be tough but they they do have the capabilities to win this game yeah. they most certainly do yeah. they'll just have to limit their turnovers and Burroughs and Chase will probably have to step up immensely and have stellar, stellar games to give yeah. themselves a chance to win this game. Uh, Burroughs has been sacked league high 51 times this year. Uh, that's the worst in the NFL. Uh, the Raiders only got to him twice in this game. So maybe they figured out uh, some protection. Uh, Titans were ninth in the NFL with 43 sacks. So, uh, watch that as being uh, very crucial. Uh, the Titans have the 25th pass-ranked defense, so uh, I can see Burrow putting up some big numbers. Uh, I think Mixon will um, get a lot of carries, and I think he'll be a, a definitely a weapon to utilize for the Bengals to, to go far. But uh, I think Burrow and Chase, uh, yeah, I, I put some money on them to have some big day, big days on the weekend. Yes, I, I definitely would. And hopefully uh, Mixkin can chip in with a, a good 100-yard game as well. Like you're just going to need – the Bengals are going to need their top offensive talents to be their best yeah. for this game. For them. You're right, yeah. So, okay, so the Titans host the Bengals uh, early. That's the 1.30 uh, Pacific, 4.30 Eastern time on Saturday, first game of the weekend. Uh, Packers host the Niners, the 515 Pacific, 815 Eastern, Saturday evening. Then Sunday, we've got the Bucks hosting the Rams, noon, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. And then Chiefs host the Bills, 330 Pacific, 630 Eastern 
the game of the weekend, in my opinion. Um, yeah, quite often those divisional uh, or wild card games, sorry, those wild card games, usually uh, there is a couple blowouts, but uh, these four matchups should be really amazing to watch. Yeah, it's going to be highly entertaining football from the, the eight teams left. And I, I am looking forward to watching all of these games over the weekend. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, I heard that uh, there's a few uh, injury updates. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has a, sh- a slight shoulder sprain. Um, he has had a lot of treatment this week and he's uh, practicing in a limited fashion. Uh, Joey Bosa has a concussion from that game and he's still in concussion protocol. Hasn't been cleared yet. Uh, speaking of concussions, uh, Buda Baker, scary moment last night. Uh, he was uh, hit in a collision with Cam Akers. Uh, luckily, he was released from hospital today. Seems to get a, seemed to get a clear bill of health and uh, will uh, be recovering at home, luckily. So good to see. Uh, that was a bit scary. Uh, the Bengals uh, defensive end, uh, Trey Hendrickson, is in concussion protocol. Uh, but he was actually able to uh, practice in a limited fashion today. So hopefully that protocol has been uh, completely removed. And uh, yeah, there's obviously uh, week 19 of the NFL. There's going to be a lot of guys banged up, uh, but hopefully most guys can be healthy and we can see these, these teams at um, their full capacity. And um, yeah, uh, you know, I was super stoked and really looking forward to these games last weekend, but, I think uh, looking forward now, I think I'm even more excited about the games coming up this weekend. Yeah, I, I most certainly am. Uh, cream has risen to the top. And so now we get to see the best of the best go, at, go get after it. So it can cut down to four more teams. And I, uh, yeah, again, I'm looking forward to watching all these games, uh, especially the Bills versus the Chiefs. And uh, just to be extremely entertained over the course of this weekend. Yeah. Uh, an unfortunate uh, side note and ending to the NFL coverage. Uh, there was a, an arrest uh, early last night. Uh, the Browns defensive tackle Malik McDowell arrested for public exposure, aggravated oh, battery of police officers and resisting arrest. So uh, sounds like a tough incident. Uh uh, I'm sure we're going to hear more coming out of this, but public exposure was the first one. So I don't know uh, what that was all about and what uh, started the police being involved. But um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in seeing what happened here. Ah, sounds like a trench coat type of thing, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of others uh, having that trench coat problem, but. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since I heard that. So yeah, yeah, uh, I, think, yeah. I think you've been doing that, and not, you know you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Please. Uh, oh, last uh, thing I want to mention is Aaron Rodgers is zero and three against the 49ers in the playoffs. Never beat the 49ers in his playoff career. Oh, really? That's that's crazy. That's nuts. Isn't Didn't know that? Nuts? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, happy to see that little stat today and made me think, oh, maybe I should put a little money on the Niners. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. Um, okay, why don't we switch to the UFC first card in 2022? A one month break that I hated. Uh, I'm off. I, I, you know, give me fights. Come on, we're all off. Uh, we're on holidays. Uh, it's nice to have a week break, two week break, but like a month. Why? Why? Come on. Uh, <laughs> it it was really hard to endure that, uh, but. Uh, this card was okay. I wouldn't say it was one of the best cards. Um, we had a great main event, uh, fight of the year so far, but uh, there was a lot of decisions, only a couple of um, knockouts in this one. Uh, why don't we talk about that main event? Uh, really amazing, amazing fight in the featherweight division. Two top contenders, really, really evenly matched. Uh, we thought going in, uh, most people had Giga winning this. He hasn't been stopped since his uh, USC career has begun, but Calvin Cater was the man, put a serious beating on Giga Chikadze and uh, solidified his uh, position in the division and uh, really, really, really amazing good performance there. Yeah, like he had a great game plan, which was go forward and push him back. Yeah. Take away one of his weapons, which is his kicks. Right. If he does, like, it's really hard to kick as you're going backwards. Yeah. And so he kept going back. He kept going forward, pushing him back, knowing that he would have to go into the fire, get into his striking range, and take hits, which yeah. he did. He weathered the storm really, really well, by oh, the way. Man. Great Maybe. defense, hands were up, and he cracked Giga not only with his hands, but with his elbows. His yeah. elbow strikes absolutely lethal on his feet absolutely lethal yeah you made a comment earlier today that uh, you thought that one of his elbows put uh giga in trouble the rest of the fight uh, seemed like his his balance wasn't off was off he didn't seem to have a stable foundation on his feet um i i i thought that most of the fight i wasn't thinking it came from an elbow i just thought it had come from shots or something but uh, he definitely looked off, didn't he? Yeah, I, and I think that elbow came like sometime in the second round where I really noticed him wobble. And he ne he would seem like he was on sea legs for the rest of the fight. Yeah, He was like that for the rest of the fight. And it, it's really hard to try to win a fight of that magnitude when you're already shook from the second round on. Yeah, And it was, it was just Cater was an onslaught. Cater beat him like Holloway beat him the fight before yeah and i think that's what calvin cater learned he learned that sometimes you got to go through the fire to take out these top guys and that's yeah. what he did he fought he basically did what max holloway did to him and he followed it to a t and he got yeah. the win yeah yeah good point uh yeah he, uh calvin cater got beat up really bad about a year ago uh by max holloway and he was able to use that same game plan and beat Giga, who was, um, you know, coming on. Uh, the thing about Chikadze was that everyone thought that, you know, he was going to be one of the next contenders for the, the title was that his uh, kickboxing history, uh, 46 fights as a kickboxer, some of the top guys in the world. Uh, you know, his kicks were super lethal and deadly against many of his opponents. And, but uh, yeah, they figured out a game plan. Uh, those, those calf kicks have been something that's been in the UFC and starting to become some uh, very, very utilized weapon. But uh, a lot of guys didn't really know what to do, how to get away from uh, absorbing those kicks. But 
Cater had the perfect game plan. Yeah, he really did. He didn't give him the opportunity to really throw his kicks or any kicking techniques, period. He just took it away from him. And it was, and he did the game plan to perfection. He really did. It was just the one less thing that he really had to worry about coming, being fired back at him when he was fighting uh, Giga. It was a great win, dominating win. I think all the judges basically had it 50 45. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there's been lots of chatter since. Uh, there's been lots of talk. Uh, Giga is really mad at Korean Zombie for getting this shot against the champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, Giga wants to, to fight uh, the um, Korean Zombie, but uh, he's the next guy at the, uh, at the getting the title shot. Uh, Max Holloway was supposed to be in this fight and uh, got injured, so... They had to find a replacement. Uh, Korean Zombies, the guy next up. Uh, does he have a shot against Volkanovski? I think so. I think he's definitely got a puncher's chance. Um, I think Volkanovski's uh, has better technique standing up than uh, Korean Zombie, but Korean Zombie's got power that you cannot deny. Yeah, you cannot deny that man's power. There's a lot of talk that uh, the next opponent for. Um, for Calvin Cater should be Brian Ortega or and ya, or Yair Rodriguez. Uh, there's talk that they might be putting those two guys into the cage against each other first, and then Cater would face the winner of that. Um, I'm super excited for all those possibilities. Me too. I actually, to be honest with you, I like that idea better of Yair and Ortega fighting and then Cater fighting the winner of that because he's going to need to heal up anyways. Yeah. So he's going to need some time and space. Yeah. So I, 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 I love that idea because I'd love to see what Ortega and Yair Rodriguez would bring to the table. They fought each other. Yeah. Very entertaining think, fight. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what do we, what do you think we see from Giga? Uh, is this a big step back? Uh, is he going to need a lot of time to recover from this beating? Well, first off, you're definitely going to need time to recover from this beating. I saw his post pictures when he was at the hospital. Yeah, he's going to need some time to heal that face. But is it a major setback? No. He, taught, he fought somebody in the top five and didn't win. Okay. All right. So, and he was number eight. So I, I don't even think, I don't even necessarily think he loses his position in the rankings, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, why don't we turn to the co main event? Uh, we had a heavyweight battle uh jake collier faced chase sherman and the prototype really just uh dominated this one uh he got a very quick victory uh he was able to catch a kick from chase take him down spin him around get get his back and get a rear naked choke in for a tap uh this was um yeah really a man against a boy uh chase sherman this is his second time in the ufc uh, this is his third straight loss. Um, just really looking overmatched, I think, in the last few fights. And um, he might have had his last UFC fight. Yeah, he was completely outmatched in this fight. Like, Collier was tagging him with shots whenever he wanted to throw them to yeah. hit him. Like, he, it, was, uh, it was just target practice for him out there. And yeah. then when he finally put him to the ground slowly worked his work to choke it. Like it was just, it wasn't hard for him to beat this man. No. <laughs> he was completely unmatched. Yeah. Uh, are you surprised that he used to fight at middleweight? 
I don't even think I don't see how it was possible. <laughs> like you look yeah. at him, and I'm like, like it, nah. I, I I was surprised. I was surprised no. when I heard that. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't remember what he looked like. I just don't remember him. I don't remember. He, him. Ha- he has to cut weight to get to 265 too. So I, I don't know. It's amazing that he's been able to, you know, fight only a few years ago at, at that weight and be able to, you know, start putting on these pounds and being good, not just totally out of shape like some of the heavyweights we have seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's he's clearly been training hard it's just his body type that, that you know that's how it, some fighters body types are they're just like that so but uh yeah it's just a super dominating win against a guy that i probably shouldn't be in the ufc no no unfortunately um i think um sherman sherman's just yeah overmatched against these guys and uh it didn't look didn't look good it was a, a real real quick uh, quick submission and out of there it was over. Uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, Rogerio Bontering and Brandon Royville. Uh, there was a tap by Rogerio that wasn't noticed, and the fight kept going on and ended up going to decision. I actually thought Bontering won the fight. To be, uh, if I was judging it, I would have given it to Bontering uh, for the decision, but did you see the tap on uh, the arm bar that uh, I wasn't noticed by the referee somehow? It was like this. Yeah. Like, but it's like, you know, that's what you want to see, right? I saw the tap, and he was almost going for the other tap, but he, then he didn't. Yeah. And then the ref didn't see that. But that's a tap, as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I don't know if the judges were making up for the fact of said yeah. tap. Maybe, yeah. but at the same time, when I reviewed this fight, I don't see how Roy Val won it. I just don't. I don't. No. I don't see it. I just yeah. don't see it. If I'm looking at the entirety of the fight with the uh, basically doing the positioning through the grappling exchanges and winning the grappling exchanges and having his back for at least half of the fight, like, okay, so where where did Roy Val win it? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. It shouldn't have went. It shouldn't have went to decision, but yeah, when it did, I thought, okay, yeah, this was definitely Bonterine's. Uh, but uh, man, uh, it was it was a quick tap, and it was easy to miss. But you know, there should be, um, I think there should be somewhere where official can, you know, say, "Hope, oh, hang on a second, you know, we noticed it. Can we go to replay and watch it?" Because uh, there was definitely a tap there. Uh, he didn't tap it more than once, but. Uh, yeah. You know, he had tapped him on the leg and, uh, you know, he should have had the loss, but it, it ended up in a just judgment, but it was weird to see the judges judging it that way. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it worked out in the end, but uh, very strange how it all came, came, came about. Yes. Super strange. And now that we know that, you know, like, for most of the UFC fights, there's not just a judge in the octagon, but there's also judges outside and referees outside to help yeah. with instant replays and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's something that they need to look into because a ref is human. He's not always going to be in the correct position right. to call what he needs to call. Exactly. So yeah. sometimes extra eyes is going to help him. And if yeah. something like that were to happen, maybe then that's when the UFC has to have a rule saying, no, we can go to the replay. And see if you did what we think you did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
I think it would just make the sport better, more legit, more, you know, less controversy, uh, you know, because I, I think that, you know, having it right is the best way to go about it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it definitely could have not turned out properly, but it did. So, uh, so we can move on. Uh, okay. There was a women's fight. Ch- uh, Caitlin Chukagian uh, beat Jennifer Meyer second time in a couple of years. They fought before and she was able to uh, get a decision on her. Uh, speaking of decisions, though, uh, she's got 10 wins in the UFC, and they're all by decision. Not the most exciting fighter. Uh, grinds out these wins. She's uh, number two ranked, but, um, you know, I don't really enjoy her fights much uh, myself. Uh, she just does enough to win. She's, you know, definitely better than most of the girls in this uh, division, but 10 decisions, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of decisions. Like, try to... Try to get some victories here. Try to get some stoppages. Yeah, well, she to me, she reminds me kind of a point fighter. Yeah. Like, like you know, like, and, and it's, she's a very good fighter, like very technically sound in her approach. And she yeah. used her, she managed distance beautifully in this fight. But she just doesn't have the power to just put people away. She no. has to do it with uh, overwhelming volume. Yeah. And that, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot of overwhelming volume, but there's nothing really coming back that I thought that Maya was really afraid of. The thing that beat Maya was the fact that she got completely outworked. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. the Kriegian's work rate is absolutely insane. Yeah. And so that's how she wins the fights. If you get, if you're not punching or kicking with her, you're going to have a very hard time beating her. Yeah. Uh, I've mentioned this a few times before, and I, I guess I'll say it again. Uh, one of the reasons why Dana White was so adamant about not having women in the UFC for years and years and years was there wasn't enough depth. And this is an example of it. Chukagian has beat a lot of these people below her in the rankings twice. Uh, it was a you know dominant performance against Maya before, so I don't know why they put this together again. It, did, it really didn't move the needle, in my opinion. Uh, you know, these two fighters aren't evenly matched. So Chukagian got another victory. Uh, Chukagian actually ended her fight contract. She does not have a fight going forward under contract with the USC. She has become a free agent as of Sunday. Uh, so um, there are other organizations that she's talking to. She might move on. Uh, it would be surprising to see someone as high ranked as number two, uh, uh, decide to to leave and the USC not sign her, but um, as of now, she does not have a contract going forward. Yeah, um, I know what the right thing for the UFC would be to do because, like, it's kind of hard to argue if you're just going to give up on the number two prospect in the division. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, what is that saying about your organization? It's like usually for a number two regardless of who the fighter is, you just match it so that they stay with your organization. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm not really sure what they'll do in this particular situation. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there is talk that uh, Jessica Andrade could be her, her next opponent. Uh, we'll see if um, she does put that together. That is her last loss. Uh, she got knocked out by Jessica at the end of the first round in Abu Dhabi in October of 2020. Uh, she's had four wins and that loss before her loss before that was against Valentina for the title. And that was back in uh, 
May, uh, January, no, February of, of 2020, she uh, fought for the title, uh, was overmatched by Shevchenko. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that um, Andrade fight would probably be something that she would be entertaining because it's always nice to try to avenge a loss. Yes, I, I think that's definitely something that interests her um, immensely because every fighter wants to avenge their loss that they've had, right? So, and this would be her chance to do that. So, I think they definitely go forward if she's under contract. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's mention uh, the newcomer, Vyacheslav Borshev. Uh, he's called Slava Claus. Uh, he came in USA debut, had a really great performance was able to take out Dakota Bush, a highly ranked prospect uh, himself, uh, James Krause, uh, protege. Uh, but uh, Borshev ended up throwing a liver shot that uh, Bush could not take, uh, dropped him, and he was done. Uh, it was a lethal, deadly, perfectly sh uh, landed shot and a really nice debut for uh, this newcomer. Beautiful technique. Uh, great leverage on the on the hook shot to the liver and dropped him and it was over as soon as he dropped him the guy was defenseless it was it was a done deal yeah. ref came in saved his life yeah very impressive by Borshev the shot kind of came out of nowhere too yeah too, it was all yeah. of a sudden bang done <laughs> yeah it was over immediately he got yeah. 50k for it one of the bonuses. Uh, nice way to change his life. Uh, finally getting an opportunity at the biggest promotion in the world, getting uh, his fight win bonus uh, and getting the 50K. Uh, six and one, uh, looking good coming in. Uh, lots of talk that uh, his next opponent uh, could be and should be TJ Brown, who's also on this card and, and had a victory. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what uh, shakes down uh, from him going forward, but uh, I liked what I saw in a limited amount of time uh, from Borshev. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I think he's a, yeah, he could be a pretty good lightweight coming in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good prospect to keep an eye on. Um, uh, Cause you know, we know he can throw that liver shot and he throws it quite effectively. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have uh, much to say about the Bill Algio, Joe Anderson, Brito fight? Uh, not much other than the fact that Algio looked good. Uh, again, kept his distance well. Uh, Pepper Brito um, outworked him eventually. And I, I, I felt that Brito was losing steam nearing the end of this fight. Uh, Algio looked good. Great yeah. pressure. Yeah, he looked really good. I thought, uh, yeah, he was on point and uh, had better cardio, better stamina. He seemed to, you know, to take the fight on. Uh, really started getting better as the fight uh, wore on. Uh, very tactical approach, very measured. Uh, was able to, yeah, kick off the, the main card in a good fashion and get a big victory. Um, okay, why don't we just, uh, yeah, mention a little bit about the prelims. Uh, we saw a uh, USC debut by Joseph Holmes against Jamie Pickett. Uh, I was quite bored by this fight, actually, you know, and I don't say that too often, but... Um, I just, yeah, it wasn't much. There wasn't much there for me to really, you know, think, oh, yeah, I'd love to break this down. Um, it, it's really seemed pretty boring. Uh, Pickett ground out a, a win, but um, yeah, what about you? Pickett ground out a win, <laughs> great, great job, Pickett. But not, nah, it's like, yeah, man, like I, I was watching the fight going, like, this is painful, <laughs> like it was, 
it, like there was just not a lot going on. They grapple against the fence a little bit. They throw some shots. They got like it's it, it it was it was a fight that dragged, and it was just it was just sometimes fights are like that, and this fight was most certainly like that. There was no fireworks. There was no nothing. I expected more from Holmes. Uh, I know he came through the uh, Dana White Contender Series, didn't make it, had to go to Looking for a Fight uh, Series and got in that way. Uh, I expected him to come in with fireworks and, you know, try to get a, a very quick and early uh, finish. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't see much from him. So, uh, yeah, he'll have to go back to the drawing board. Maybe it was uh, first fight jitters uh, being on the biggest stage, but... Um, yeah, uh, really not a guy that, uh, moved the needle for me. So, uh, he better, uh, change his, uh, change his approach, uh, next time. Uh, but somebody that really brought it that I was really impressed with was court McGee. Uh, he came and, and really showed uh, superior skill in this one. Um, r- really looked great. Uh, I was impressed. Uh, he said his neighbor lady said he's too nice of a guy. He doesn't like beating people up. Uh, why don't you just change your persona, be the crusher every time you're in there for those 15 minutes and, and then, you know, be your good self when you leave the cage. And he was the crusher. He looked great in this performance. Yeah, I know. He, he looked fantastic. Like he was tactically on point and uh, everything just seemed to flow naturally in his fight that, yeah. he, that he fought this one. Like he was, it was probably that was probably one of the best uh, performances of Court McGee that I've seen in any UFC today. It looked yeah. fantastic. Yeah, no, it's great that he's getting uh, you know so so good. His performance was was awesome. Yeah, I was blown away. Uh, he yeah he was far and away the better fighter on this night. Uh, Brian Kettle, uh, Kelleher, the veteran, uh, was really dominant in his performance. Uh, I like watching him. He's He's a very entertaining fighter, and uh, he was great in, in his decision win. Yeah, yeah, and eventually, as he usually does with any of his opponents, if he gets the better view in the grappling exchanges, that's how he usually wins the fight, and that's how he won this fight. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, I, I forgot to mention that Bill Algio had a very weird call-out uh, after his fight. He called out giga chikadze and he said that uh he did it because uh chikadze was a biden supporter and he voted for biden and i was like no he didn't no he's not a uh, american and uh he didn't vote for him so uh i don't know why he decided to throw the politics in there and say yeah i want you giga but um (laughs) it was a weird call out for sure this is the weirdest call that I've ever heard in my life. Because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this, he even has a hard time speaking English. So what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Whatever he was going for didn't work. No. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, the f- first fight of the night was actually a pretty good fight. Uh, TJ Brown, Charles Rosa. Uh, Brown was, uh, you know, definitely, in my opinion, the better fighter, but, uh, Rosa, uh, game, game guy, you know, brought a lot to it. Uh, another James Krause guy and that new England mafia, uh, team has uh, been bringing a lot of good fighters to the table. Uh, I was pretty impressed with, uh, with him, but TJ Brown, um, ended up getting a decision win. Yeah. Yeah. Brown was, uh, 
was ready for this fight. And Rosa was brought in on short, very short notice. Yeah. So yeah. there's he also had that to overcome for himself, whereas Brown had a full fight camp. And uh, yeah, it just just outlasted the man, yeah. really. Like like it just he had the better grappling exchanges nearing the end, and Rosa was losing steam because of his little fight camp that he had. Yeah, I actually think there was four fighters that came in on short notice on this one. So, um, you know, maybe that's why it wasn't as great of a card. Uh, way too many decisions. Uh, all four preliminary fights go to decision. Main card, we saw another uh, three, four decisions. Uh, you know, only two fights ended before the uh, the bell sounded for the last round. So uh, usually I'm not a fan of cards like that. We've had one of the worst cards in history just a couple months back, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I'm glad that main event really um, put a shine on that card and one uh, to me was the best fight of the year so far out of uh, anything we've seen. Yeah. 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 I, I can think I, I, I agree with you on that best fight of the year so far. For sure. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we've uh, had to wait a little while for uh, UFC 270, but it's upon us. We've got mm. two title fights coming up this Saturday. It's coming from Houston, and uh, it should be uh, a fun uh, – no, is it coming from – no, Anaheim, I believe. Anaheim, sorry. Yeah. Uh, hasn't been in Anaheim for a couple of years, first time in a couple of years. Uh, but we've got the heavyweight battle. The baddest man on the planet will be crowned after this one. Uh, the champ uh, facing the interim champ. A lot of more words, actually, between these two, and uh, uh, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, Cyril Gane coming in maybe a little bit sooner than he should be, only 10 fights into his professional career, but um, hasn't been beat yet. Uh, faces this massive man in Francis Ngannou, and uh, I think this will be fun to watch. Uh, uh, I, I don't... I don't think uh, Ghana is going to be able to beat Ngannou, but uh, what do you think? I think Ghana is going to do exactly what he's always been doing throughout this run here, his undefeated run, which is keep his distance and strike at distance in and out, hit and not get hit. Yeah. And he's been very, very, very good at that. True. And then Ghana probably is just looking at him saying, I just got to hit you once. <laughs> so so i i think they're both going to be coming in with uh, very different ideas of how to to tactically employ their strategies for the fight yeah. but i think what nganu has to do effectively is close distance and throw strikes True. and then god is going to have to get in and out as quickly as possible so he doesn't yeah. get anything going in or or you know like his counterattacks. he's going to have to try to blunt in Ganu's counterattacks as he's going in for his strikes as yeah. best he can. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm super looking forward to that one. Uh, I think it's yeah, it should be a great battle. Uh I'm also looking forward to the trilogy fight between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. Uh you mentioned last week that uh Figueredo has had a lot of troubles uh with the scale and uh hard to get down to this weight. Uh, he has um, uh, hurt his performances with weight cutting. Um, hopefully he's done a change, has a bit better uh, ability to get there, done some proper eating nutrition wise. And uh, yeah, we, we, we see a better performance this time from Figueredo and it's a, it's a really good trilogy fight. I hope so. And I, I, I don't want to hear the fact like he, he had 
problems cutting weight again because like yeah. he knows how hard it is for him to get to this weight weight class so yeah. this time around you, you've got to have done your homework you have to be prepared yeah. because if you're not again then you probably shouldn't fight at this weight class it's, right. it's really right. too hard on you yeah. but i expect an absolute war um I expect an absolute war. I, I expect this to possibly to be the best fight on the main card. Yeah. And because Brandon Moreno is not going to be giving away his belt, work too hard for it. He wants to keep it. And Davidson yeah. wants to show that I'm better than what I showed. I'm the best. Yeah. I expect an absolute war. I think it's going to be a great fight. Should be great. Yeah. Uh, we've got the dancing queen, Michelle Pereira, on the card. Uh, we've got the god of war, Greg Hardy who uh, isn't, uh, he's undefeated against his girlfriend, but uh, has a hard time against <laughs> some of the uh, heavyweights in the UFC. Uh, we've got uh, Khabib's uh, cousin on the card. Uh, always fun to see uh, some of those Dagestani guys, and especially Khabib, who was one of the greatest of all time. Uh, that main card should be fun. Yeah, and the main card has got great fights on it. Um, uh, it, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun, uh, fun watch, and especially the co-main event. I, I, I'm super excited to watch that. I'm really looking forward to that. Fight. Yeah. On the uh, on the prelim card, we've got uh, Canadian Charles Air Jordan. Uh, love watching this guy. He's a really high up and comer in this featherweight division. Uh, really good with his kicks. Uh, yeah, I, I, I expect uh, you know him to uh, rise up these ranks. Uh, watched him a lot here in Canada over the years, and uh, he's definitely one of the best prospects from here. Yeah, and he's got uh, a very, very game opponent in Teporia. I, I, I think that f this fight that we're talking about right now definitely has the potential to be the best fight on the prelims. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got early prelims too. We've got tons of fights on this card. It's going to be an all-day affair, lots and lots and lots of fights to watch. Uh, we might be out of quarantine by then. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to uh, get together and, and watch it. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, yeah a ton of fights on the card. Glad the UFC is back. Uh, second card of 2022. Uh, I expect this one to be much better than last week's. Yes, yes, I expect it too. Uh, we, we've got some great fights on this card. And we should definitely be seeing some stoppages. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's just finish off with some NBA talk. Uh, big rumor today that uh, Frank Vogel is on the chopping block as the Lakers head coach. Uh, he might be getting the axe. He might have even got it already. Uh, do you think it's justified after he brought them a title in 2020 in the bubble? Uh, you know, one year where they had a bit of a down year. This year, you know, they brought in Russell and it hasn't worked out here. Uh, he, should he be taking the blame for them uh, not having a great year? No, but life's not fair. Actually, you know who should be taking the blame is? The GM who gave who put together that horrible roster. That's actually the guy that should be like, get canned. He should be out of there. But he's not getting out of there no. because he likes his job. So he's just going to get rid of the coach. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. It's, that's, it's just, it's a band-aid fix, but that roster is not good. No, it's not good enough to win. All right. And it's, de and it's definitely not good enough to win when Anthony Davis is out of the lineup. So yeah, yeah that's what they got. 
I um I would love it if the coaches finally formed a union. I want them to form a union. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't, why they shouldn't. Uh, you know, all all coaches should have unions, and they should be able to, you know. Um, have a little more job security. It's always, what have you done for me lately? Oh, you won me a title uh, last year. Pete Carroll, I, you know, I was mad last week. He's never had a losing season until this year there. Won the Super Bowl for him. Brought him to another great, great, great career. Uh, one down year. Uh, get rid of the coach. Let's fire this guy. Uh, it's just unbelievable how quick of an ax it is on coaches these days. Well, yeah, but that's the, the Pete Carroll thing. Yeah, but you could have had two. I don't know why. Yes, <laughs> no, wait, I do know why. So, right. Yeah, man, it is, it is right. about a bunch of, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. It's extremely, it's not really that gratifying because when you win, you win it all, they're just like, well, look at your team. It was really good. <laughs> so it's almost like, oh, so they won in spite of me. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> and, then, and then when they're garbage, it's like, burn the coach. Burn him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's You're tough, man. It, man. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the Warriors uh, got Clay Thompson back. Uh, amazing to see him back. Um, he has just been easing into it. Hasn't had a you know one of those Clay Thompson performances yet. Uh, but he looked uh, you know a lot better than I expected him with two years off. Uh, but the Warriors are really missing Draymond. I think uh, his his absence has been really hurting them a ton. Uh, they've fallen down a little bit lately, losing a few games, only four and six in their last 10. Uh, yeah, it shows how valuable Draymond Green has been to this team and been, you know, helping it be a juggernaut for many years. He's their defensive quarterback back there. If he's not calling out who your assignments are because he knows what everybody's supposed to be doing, he's not quarterbacking it then they're missing something and it's clear in the way that they play it's, it's, it's very, it's very clear because all of a sudden they're not getting the turnovers that they're used to, to get the quick, easy offense. They're not getting the stops that they're used to because Draymond's protecting the rim or being savvy about knocking the ball out or getting deflections, all of these things that he affects the game in so many ways. So he's absolutely integral to what they do and with him out of the lineup right now it shows it shows they're just not as good without him yeah. they're not it's been yeah uh, it's it's been a big big blow and he's supposedly going to miss a couple more weeks uh another uh injury that happened that uh, was a huge blow to a contending team was the brooklyn nets losing kevin durant uh he has a, a sprained ligament in his knee and uh, that was a, an absolutely massive blow to, to Brooklyn. And uh, I think we'll send them reeling quite a bit uh, over the coming weeks, uh, four to six weeks uh, without him. Uh, no Kyrie at home games. Uh, I think they're in trouble. Yeah, I would agree with you because well, they're not rushing Kevin Durant back for nothing, period. Yeah. They're just going to have to make do. James Harden will have to play better, question mark. <laughs> uh, he'll have to step up his game and Kyrie will have to do what he can whenever he, whenever he plays with the away games yeah. um, but uh, just not having the guy that's literally in MVP talks is going to hurt any team yeah 
the team in the East that's uh, been surprising me is the Cavaliers. Uh, they've won five in a row, seven and three in their last 10. They've uh, actually came up in one, only one game behind the Nets. Uh, this team has uh, just been assembled, put together. They've got a lot of tall guys uh, that they're starting, and uh, it's working for them. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with uh, many of their performances. Yeah, yeah, they, they, got a, they got a great team. They got a strong team. And it's not even their full complement because I believe Colin Sexton's out with an injury right now. So they, they have the potential to be even better than what they are right now. So I, it's, it's cool to see that uh, the, the, their rookie Mobley has meshed yeah. so well with the team already. Yeah. So well. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it's been very huge. Uh, the Bulls have hit a bit of a skid. They've lost uh, their last four games, uh, only five and five in their last ten. Not sure what's wrong with them, but the Heat are coming on. Uh, they've won seven of their last ten. They uh, had Kyle Lowry out yesterday against the Raptors, but uh, looking good. Uh, Suns are still cruising along, eight and two in their last ten. Really the cream of the, the West right now, four in a row wins. And, and uh, yeah, that, uh, that run was surprising to a lot of people, but uh, they're really proving it wasn't a fluke. No, no, or Chris Paul's proving is like, no team that I'm on is a fluke. It's just not, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it, they, with the Chris Paul team, it's like, Oh, well, just gonna just keep going on. Just keep chugging. All we got to do is just like execute the offense. Chris is the conductor. He conducts so incredibly well, hall of fame level at all times. Yeah. And yeah, they're just, it's beautiful to see. Another guard that I've been really loving watching is John Morant. Uh, nine and one in their last 10. Uh, they're suddenly nipping on the heels of the Warriors, third in the Western Conference. And uh, after a really big breakout rookie year, he's coming in in the second year. He's turned it up in so many areas. Uh, yeah, finally playing defense. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I've actually been hearing MVP talk from from John Morant, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, and what really stuck out to me is like their team defense took uh, leaps, yeah. stellar leaps, big time. When he got injured, all right. of a sudden they they yeah. they cranked it down. They went from the bottom of the league to the very top, yeah. and that's what is winning them games more than anything else. Is that 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 defense, that team defense that they play, has been absolutely ridiculous yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, I'm loving Jaron Jackson. He's uh, he's really fun to watch. Uh, oh, the Mavericks uh, are the team in the Western Conference that have the second longest winning streak, three in a row, nine wins out of their last ten, and um, yeah, they've got the unicorn back. They've got Luca. They've got some pieces. Jalen Brunson's playing really good there. Uh, I've been very impressed with when I've had a chance to see the Mavs play. Yeah, well, they can just like, and <laughs> you got Luca back there just doing Luca stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 not surprising to see them do well. It just isn't, you know. Like that that kid is absolutely amazing and terrifying to watch because he's so young he has so much more to grow yeah. and he's already this good awesome yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun so many of these young guys man it's so fun it's just bringing in such 
incredible rejuvenation to the league. And it's amazing how good they can be so quickly into their NBA career. It doesn't take them two, three, four, five years. It's, uh, you know, very immediate, really good rookie year. Second year, they're even like so much better. Third year, holy cow, uh, you know, one of the best players in the league. And uh, yeah, the future's bright for the NBA uh, when we keep seeing guys like this. Um, uh, I should have mentioned this while we were talking about Brooklyn, but I will mention it now. Uh, Supposedly, James Harden is open to relocation to another team this summer, uh, according to some uh, insider uh, NBA insiders, uh, he has had enough. He wants to move on. Uh, I don't know if he'll, uh, you know, put on the weight again and uh, pout, uh, but um, are you shocked to hear this news? No. <laughs> I, I guess he was just like, it didn't happen in the first year. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what he expected. I guess he expected just to win immediately so he could just anyways yeah no i'm not i'm not surprised i'm, I'm no. not i'm just not surprised like i sometimes you you think super teams would last a little bit longer than two years <laughs> but uh <laughs> I, I guess not yeah. I guess not well uh you know i i knew that him and durant uh, couldn't have been happy with uh, the way Kyrie's handled uh the whole vaccination thing and all this covid stuff so uh you know i thought there would be some Descent there, but uh, yeah, for him to already want to opt out, he's opting out of a contract next year that would pay him $47.4 million, make him a free agent. Uh, that's a lot of money to say no to, but uh, I think there'll be a lot of takers to pay him more, even probably. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll be definitely be takers, but think about that for a second. That's how bad he wants out. That's that's ridiculous. He's yeah. willing to literally give up on 50 million because he's like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't want to play with that guy anymore. <laughs> that, that, that tells you quite a bit, man. Yeah. It really does. Incredible. Does Yeah, sure seems incredible. And it's amazing how these super teams can be blown up over one guy. You know, uh, something happens. Usually it's an ego thing, uh, but this time it's, uh, you know, somebody standing to what he believes in. Uh, there was quite the exchange last night uh, with Kyrie Irving. Uh, one of the reporters said, uh, is this changing your mind about your vaccination? Would you want to get the shot now? And, and uh, it went on back and forth for quite a while. Uh, he called, he called Kyrie the most famous unvaccinated person on the planet. And Kyrie was like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? And uh, it was a f- pretty funny exchange if you can find it online. Uh, but Kyrie's sticking to his guns and, uh, yeah, will refuse to do it uh, however long it takes to get back to normal and not care about vaccination status. But, um, yeah, I guess James is going to, yeah, flu- fly the coop because of uh, <laughs> the way Kyrie's sticking to his guns. Well, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you, you have to know who this guy is. He, he marches to the beat of his own drum. You don't want to do something. You're never going to talk him into doing it. Yeah. Ever. When he do says, you think, uh, do, you, do you think Steve Nash is regretting his decision to come out of retirement and be the coach there? No, not at all. You want to know okay. why? KD's there. Good. Okay. He, he, gets, he gets to coach a Hall of Fame dude. Yeah, I, 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 as far as I'm concerned, that's a, that's always going to be a win, yeah. regardless if you have to deal with an overweight James Harden 
or a volatile Kyrie Irving, which he already knew about those two anyways. But the fact, because also, too, he has rapport with KD. He used to be an assistant coach that used to work very closely with KD in Golden State. So they mm-hmm. have that, that back history. And so for him to have the opportunity just to coach up KD, yeah, I think that's a win. That should yeah. be a win for any coach. Uh Part of that uh, rumor and part, or part of that story about James Harden has been that um, the uh, 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets are actually speaking and might pull off a trade Harden for Simmons. That could help them quite a bit because then Simmons would be in an environment where he doesn't have to be a scoring option, like at all, literally. Katie's like, don't worry, I'll just take all of your shots that you would normally take. I'm good with that. Right. And Kyrie's like, I'm definitely good with that. I'll take all your shots too. <laughs> all you would have to like, literally focus on is distribution of the ball and playing great defense because he's so switchable and tall and yeah. supremely athletic. That might be probably one of the best things that they could ever hope for going both ways. And then all of a sudden Philly gets the dynamic James Harden who's I think is about to play himself into shape now. So they get that guy, right? Right. And they're already really good. And now you get a Hall of Fame all-star player. I think it's a win-win. I think it's a, a, it would be a great move and uh, I hope it happens. Uh, You know, I was surprised that that was part of uh, what, what I've been hearing the rumors, I guess it would be smart for, the, the Nets to actually see what's uh, in Harden's mind and what he wants to do. And if he does want to relocate, you might as well get an asset like Simmons out of it. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd, I'd move on that immediately. If that's a possibility, if Daryl Morey's actually not asking for, like, Harden and KD or whatever sort of other ridiculous nonsense he could ask for, and it's just a straight-up trade or it's a good trade, then you do that. Yeah, yeah. You do it. Yeah, be awesome. Uh, I I was really disappointed. I had to work uh, one day of the past month because I missed MLK Day, uh, which is uh, an awesome day to watch a ton of basketball. I had to work one day and I had to miss MLK Day, 12 games of basketball. But uh, now I'm back on the shelf. I'll be watching tons of basketball. (laughs) Yeah, actually, to be honest with you, I have it pause so once we're done we're gonna put on the golden state detroit game immediately oh, after this nice. so oh good yeah that'll be fun yeah but it was it's still i find it very funny with the mere fact that we only lasted a day <laughs> i know jesus can you believe it yeah like, yeah it's, it's shocking scary. man yeah i'm uh yeah i'm pretty stunned by it those were uh it was pretty bizarre to go back and all of a sudden people are just dropping like flies and then you give me a call and say oh i'm out uh, and then boom <laughs> i get a call i'm out too oh my god uh, it was yeah it, it, it's a very weird scenario to return to work after a month off and then you last a day and then they send you home man. yeah yeah like it's just I, I feel i feel bad for our bosses that are now have to scramble yeah. and they got to bring people in but they can't bring them in immediately because they have to be tested so yeah. they're probably only gonna be there for like friday yeah. Guess who? Guess who's starting tomorrow on our crew? Well, who? Uh, somebody that we hung out with uh, a month ago. Oh, Stefan. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He's starting tomorrow. 
Uh, okay. I gave I gave his number to Lori, and uh, he just wrapped out uh, at Legends recently, and uh, asked if uh, we needed anybody. And all of a sudden, all this started happening. And so I I uh, sent her uh, his contact info. He said they're so desperate that he thinks he's actually starting tomorrow, not getting COVID <laughs> tested and waiting. Oh, yeah. They're just gonna boom, throw him right into the fire, and uh, he'll be there. Yeah, because like I also gave Lori. Um, their leads number because of the mere fact that we need everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. said, that's the leads number. Talk to him and then try to get whoever the heck you can. Yeah. Literally. I, I passed a couple names on to her today and uh, hopefully those, uh, they, they wanted work. So hopefully she's able to make it happen and yeah, assemble a Motley crew to you know, take over for us. Uh, our, our friend Scott Holburn had to do that uh, with our crew um, a year ago, I guess that is maybe now. And uh, all of a sudden, I think 10 people dropped in one day and uh, he had to scramble, pulled it off. Uh, but yeah, this will be uh, interesting to hear the things that are coming out of there, uh, trying to replace all of us just immediately like this. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's it's going to be a struggle for this week, but they'll get it done. Yeah. I'll get it done. I'll get it done. Did Dean say that uh, they've had anything in the construction department? Uh, how's how's other departments doing? That, uh, at least from what I know for construction and paint, they're doing great. Okay. They're doing great. So they're, they're good. It was just, oddly enough, our freaking department just got decimated trying mm. to work one day. Wow. So bizarre. I, I guess that was on us. We made the mistake. We shouldn't have bothered. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. I, man it doesn't look good we're no. gonna call it <laughs> yeah. yeah crazy man yeah well when i called you last week i said wow bizarre things are happening but i you know didn't think it would still be crazy bizarre things happening after we got back at it no no i most certainly didn't think that i didn't think today would end like this no. i thought today would be Right now, we should still be at work. Yeah, yeah. All we right. were told we were told we were going to be working still to this time. Yeah, even later than this. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we yeah. probably would still literally it's nine o'clock. We probably still have an hour time set up, <laughs> and then we're going home. Crazy, hey? Crazy. Yeah. 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 Okay, man. We'll make the best of it. Uh, roll with the punches. Is uh, nothing else we can do. Uh, this is where we are for a few days, and uh, yeah, I hope you can have a good more time off. Uh, you know, anything that you forgot to do during that month, uh, you know, make sure you do it in the next five days, or uh, just watch a lot of sports. And uh, yeah, keep in keep in touch, man. Let me know what's going on. Definitely, we'll be doing that. We'll be watching a lot of sports. Try to catch up on some TV shows too, since I really didn't have the TV on for that much during the holidays. So, awesome. yes, but we will definitely be keeping in touch, my friend. So you enjoy yourself. I Thanks, buddy. Will. All the best, man. Take care. Enjoy the basketball game tonight, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Cheers. All right, talk soon. Bye, bye. Okay. Good night. Bye. Okay. Wow. Uh, another podcast down. Uh, you heard, uh, yeah. One of bizarre day. Uh, very weird. Uh, yeah. Back uh, in quarantine and uh, waiting to, uh, yeah. Uh, see what's uh, what the future holds. Uh, bizarre to be off for a month back in one, one day and then back home again. 
Um, yeah, anyway, I do want to thank our partners and sponsors as always. Uh, anchor.fm, uh, the easiest place to make a podcast, phenomenal partner, really great at posting on multiple podcast platforms for them. They've been really, really great. If you want to do what Jason and I just did here, go on to anchor.fm and uh, follow their prompts, they will help you. Uh, I want to thank Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company. Uh, industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And no, I'm not going to say it this time. You'll know. You know what it, uh, what I want you to buy. Uh, Pampas and Possibilities, designers of West Coast pretty things that you can put inside your home. Get them to come in and revamp your home. It will look phenomenal. And uh, they're really great at what they do. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. Uh, go to our website, and purchase some products, uh, you'll get a great discount and you'll be super happy. I use uh, t- tons of their products and I love them, love them, love them. So uh, thanks to you. Thanks for everybody that uh, keeps tuning in. Uh, happy 2022. Uh, let's make this year amazing. Uh, it started off very weird with this happening, but uh, I'm going to um, just make the best of it. And you should too. Love you guys lots. Thanks for your support as always. Uh, Take care of yourself and bye for now. Talk soon.